0: This is Broke Money Hustle. And now, here's Broke Money
1: Hustle with Tricola Air. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome to Broke Money Hustle, the podcast that encourages people who are broke, who get a little bit of money, maybe those who have a side hustle, to uh, to grow that money, to invest it, uh, whether that's in the stock market or at least scroll it away in something like Acorns account or and, and or some gold and silver uh, cryptocurrencies, you know, wherever you can, other than putting it under your mattress and other than putting it in a traditional bank. Uh, we try to educate ourselves and bring you along the way. We are not professional financial advisors. Please uh, talk to somebody like a Charles Schwab or Fidelity Investments. If you've got a big bunch of money and you're looking to invest it, uh, don't go by what we say because we're going to make mistakes. And today is kind of uh, talking about mistakes. We have a special guest with us, Varian. I'll be bringing him on in a little bit. He's a serial entrepreneur just like us, has a multimedia company that's doing gangbusters, especially with overseas listeners. And you should be hearing us on that network, the Indie Volt Network, uh, right now. So uh, we'll be happy to have him on and talk to him a little bit about his various uh, side hustles and his experience with investing in stock in just a little bit. Uh, TJ, how you doing, man? Good to see you again.
2: Doing good. Doing good. Uh, you know, the market's slowly making its way back <laughs> to... Uh... You know, somewhere looking a lot happier than where we've been. So that's always a bonus.
1: Yeah, today was a pretty good day. Um, last week, I'm not going to lie, was detrimental to my mental and physical health. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, we had a really big downturn. And I'm happy to say that almost all of the losses from last week have come back to me. Uh, so that's great. Uh, are you are you still down a little bit or you got you got some serious gains? I'm down.
2: Like uh, today... I I'm up fifteen dollars, but overall, from what I have total invested, I'm I'm down uh, around forty dollars. But it's starting to it, it climbed back up pretty significantly today. So I'm kind of hoping that pretty soon all the red in my portfolio will turn back to green, and you know I'll uh I'll have some extra cash in there to to buy some stuff.
1: Nice, nice, yeah. I was down almost 200 last week, and uh, I think I'm only down 15 bucks today, so awesome. I'm happy to see all that uh, all that money come back in, and hopefully we'll see some more. we got a lot of big uh, news that is actually getting pumped out. We've heard that the uh, Federal Reserve is going to start buying individual corporate bonds, and as we learned in the previous episode, a bond is just a fancy IOU, uh, which means I promise to pay this in the future, the future. Future, future. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So uh, what will happen is a company who needs to raise capital, they can either sell shares or they can issue bonds. Bonds are kind of like a share. You're basically buying the debt at a cheap price, so they can run raise capital in the in the short term, and then they will pay you back plus interest at a larger sum down the line. At least that's the promise. That's the IOU. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's kind of how bonds work. And so the Fed has announced that it's going to start. It was doing just ETFs, exchange traded funds uh, that focus just on these bonds. Uh, But now it's going to start buying individual corporate bonds. And this includes companies like Volkswagen, Verizon, Sprint, Apple, Computer, uh, Toyota, and a bunch of others. Unfortunately, Genius Brands did not make the list, so we will not oh. see that stock get pumped anytime soon.
2: That explains <laughs> the negative forty. I'm still down.
1: <laughs> yeah, I made a comment on our Twitter, which you can follow at Broke Money. Uh, that Genius Brands might as well be carved in stone. I mean, it's like uh, D- Genius Brands down today. That that should just be written <laughs> in stone, or I could get that tattooed and it would never expire.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, let's get into uh, some of our stories. And we are going to uh, bring our guest Varian in. Again, he is a serial entrepreneur, founder of Indie Volt, which is an independent entertainment media conglomerate. It has a Roku channel, a online radio station that boasts 20 to almost 40,000 listeners every day from various countries, and uh, also comic books. Uh, he has Last Call Comics, and. Um, a new beverage coming out, and a bunch of other cool things. So let let's bring him in and talk to him. How you doing, bud?
3: Hello, hello. Can you guys hear me?
1: Yeah, we can hear you just fine. Yeah,
3: uh, yeah. Thanks for that uh, opening. Uh, makes it sound a lot more successful than I uh, am. I, I want to play that back for my mother so she can understand how good I've <laughs> Uh Yeah, it's it's you know listening to you guys talk about stock is, is exactly. Uh, I should listen to you guys years ago. Oh, what happened? I just, I just, I just bet on the wrong stocks. Is all. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll let you guys get into that though. You guys go direct the show. Go ahead. I, I, I'm here for you guys. So,
1: okay, sounds good. Um, well, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about this because we've had some definite up and down journeys. Uh, we like to do a segment uh, every once in a while called uh, "Date Mary Kill," which we're looking at a stock that we may want to add to our portfolio on a long term basis with a date. Mary means we're adding it as a long-term relationship, like something like Ford, which right. has been a great performer for us. And dating is basically speculative. We're looking at speculating a stock. I got burned, and I think I'll. I guess I'll go first since I've got the stock up here on the screen with a company called LL... Let's see, Elias Energy Incorporated. Let me bring up the screen here. So this is Elias Energy Incorporated. The ticker symbol on that is LLEX. And today I found out that my 83 shares in LLEX now belongs to a company that is declaring bankruptcy and is being delisted by the stock market. So yeah, Uh, so I don't have a lot in this. This was a date. Uh, This was, let's try it and see. And it was a really cheap stock to get. I bought into it, I think at around 38 cents a share. It's since dropped to 28 or 27 cents a share. And it's had no jump today because that's why it's being delisted. They're in a bankruptcy. I think it's Chapter 11 bankruptcy. I tried to sell early this morning, and Robinhood rejected the sale. So now I have around $22 in stock that uh, I don't know if I'm going to see that $22 again because basically what happens is when an event happens to a stock, uh, Robinhood, and they get, they're they good about educating you on the back end of this because I can click clicking in the messages why is this happening? Oh, here, read this. So I read this and it says they, they're trying to decide how this is going to affect shareholders. So until a decision is made, you can't buy LLEX, you can't sell LLEX, LLEX. So until they make a decision on how this is going to affect stockholders, whether or not they uh, do some sort of buyback on shares or we're just, hey, out the money, um, remains to be determined But again, this leads credence to where if you're going to invest in the stock market, don't invest more than you're willing to lose. And if you don't take your profits, which means if the stock earns some money, you sell enough to take that amount that you've earned and you just keep, you can either keep playing with your initial investment or you can keep your profits in there and take out your initial investment. So you're really not losing anything. You're just investing the gains. Um, Two ways of doing that. Um, But I wasn't quick enough. I wasn't on the ball. I didn't do my due diligence, my DD, and um, missed the opportunity to sell this before it went into some corner of uh, litigation. Um, So that's my uh, attempted murder, my attempted kill uh, of a stock. And it's going to be on my books now until I decide what to do with it. Now, I know this happens. This happens. This is something you just have to deal with and make it as a learning uh, learning um, trend. And now, TJ, you've got a stock that you're talking about here um, that you got burned by in a different way. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, let me pull up the uh, ticker here, and I'll say share my screen. Um, there we go. Do a screen share. That one. All right. Can you guys see it?
1: We're you were on oh, okay,
2: all right. cool. All right, uh, so workhorse, right? Uh, before we get to where it's at now, we'll uh, we'll kind of check out where it was. So, uh, June 5th, uh, you know, I've heard of workhorse before, it's in the automotive field, which is you know, something I'm familiar with and everything. Uh, so I bought it for $331. i am like, oh, you know, it's a reasonably, reasonably priced stock, and it's automotive, you know, it's something I felt comfortable with. And then me being impatient the way I am, <laughs> like about four days later, when it didn't shoot up to five dollars, I uh, sold it because I was like, "Well, it doesn't pay any dividends." Uh, <laughs> you know, it's been almost a week. Because this was around the time frame when everything we bought was going up like a dollar or two <laughs> right after we bought it. Mm. So, um, so I was like, "Well, it's not you know one of my great performing stocks. I'll just." you know it, it got up 20 cents or something. and i sold it so um and i was like oh there's no dividends yada yada you know so i i got out of there because you know me I'm, I'm squeamish i'm like i better it's not moving up i better sell it before it, it goes below what i paid for it and then if you scroll up to where it's at today <laughs> it's uh, ended today at around 15 bucks a share so not only should i have uh held on to what i had i probably should have doubled or tripled down on it and, uh, yeah, no kidding. you know, bought a ton of it, you know, cause it, it makes sense. They do, uh, um, a lot of things, uh, like in the automotive and aircraft, uh, area and everything. And right now, a lot of things are being delivered, you know, a lot of, uh, items and everything are still getting moved around. So it makes sense that it, it went up a ton. So, um, yeah, that was one I should have held on to. There's some other ones, too, where I was, I was looking up stocks I've sold either at a loss or 20 cents a share that I made <laughs> off of them. And almost all of them, if I would have held out a little bit longer, like I had a Rocket Pharma, um, if I would have held out until now, I could have recouped my money and I think made a dollar off of it. But I sold it when I was down because it was down and, uh, you know, I... I'm like, why ever saw it before it goes down any farther, you know? So, <laughs> um, and yet somehow I end up holding on to Genius Brands <laughs> through <laughs> everything.
1: <laughs> this is turning into a why Genius Brands has sucked today
2: show. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> right?
1: Because I know I bought back into Genius Brands on a down low after I'd read the story that Arnold Schwarzenegger is involved with the company. Mm-hmm. He's signed a big, huge deal to do. Uh, voice acting and to, uh, to basically he's a shareholder and a funder investor into uh genius brands content. Uh, and I don't even think they've launched their streaming service yet. Cause they're supposed to be doing children's educational. Um, you know, it's right up his alley, like encouraging good habits of eating and all this other educational mumbo jumbo content. Uh-huh. So it sounds like a good solid investment, but nothing's happened to it. So maybe this is a really long hold and it'll pay off and be a 56 dollars stock, you know, by Christmas. But
2: I hope so. I don't know.
1: We keep having this down, down, down. It's like, oh, hey, we have a little bit of hope. Let's buy into it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah. And you know, your your issue with workhorse. I mean, that's that's a, that's that's the story that you know, you know, hindsight's always 2020. 20. Oh, exactly. I remember when Facebook launched its stock, it was two dollars and thirty-eight cents a share. I wanted to buy some. I didn't want to put a ton of money because I thought two dollars. It came out of two thirty-eight. I wasn't thinking correctly. I wasn't thinking the right things. I was looking at it as a, well, how do they make money? Is this going to be worth it? I might just lose money on this. I wasn't thinking of the fact that they have, most of the developed world is a member of Facebook. Uh, you know what is it like? Hundreds of millions of users. Um, they are basically the CIA was a principal investor in Facebook. Um, uh, Zuckerberg is related to the Rothschild family or some nonsense. Like, it? So yeah, it, it's like NWO world, world government. I mean, it's going to be, it's a giant evil monster. So it's going to make money. Yeah. I should have thought of it in those terms and went ahead and bought, you know, a hundred shares at $2 and 38 cents a piece. They're over 200 now. I mean, it would have been a great moneymaker, but those are the only types of opportunities that you see in hindsight. And uh, our guest Varian, you invested in a company at one point, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you how I got into that, guys.
1: Uh, Well, tell us what the company is so we can bring the stock ticker up.
3: Wizard World Entertainment. W I Z D is the uh, stock. uh... (laughs) It's uh, I've had that stock for
1: years now. Years. Okay, so what did you buy it at? How did you buy it? Oh, gotcha. Tell us your story.
3: I can't remember what I bought it at. I know it was more than what it is now. (laughs) <laughs> um, but uh, the reason how, how I got involved was because of uh, I was working at uh, General Motors, and uh, General Motors had decided to give all of its employees some stock options. And uh, so my mother had stock options, uh, I did as well, and uh, you know, I, I noticed that I had a little money. So I said, hey, I', I, I the stock market stuff seems super easy. And foolishly, uh, using E-Trade, I got in, and I got in with Sony, and I think it was right before Sony launched the PSP. Well, the day Sony launched the PSP, Sony stock shot up. That was one of their handheld portable systems. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm rich. (laughs) And so quickly, foolishly, um, you know, I, I sold it. (laughs) Got some money, very happy. Uh, And I'm like, you know, I'll just invest in all the pop culture stuff that I like already, that I utilize already. And, uh, you know, that that should be great. And I remember uh, looking and seeing what was cheap and Wizard World was cheap. It was, I want to say it was like four or five bucks at the time and i got in uh and i i gotta tell you guys it was um it's been volatile (laughs) uh yeah yeah, eric has it up on the screen there um it 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 it, it looks like the covet curve Um, (laughs) (laughs) it really does it's um yeah it's it's man
1: yeah, so we're looking at a full year of it for those of you who are just listening on yeah. IndieVolt or on the podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. or if you're hanging out with us live on YouTube and on our Facebook page, Broke Money Hustle. So you, we're looking back in time to um, January 2nd. It was still like four ninety eight a share.
3: Which January. is the highest it's been in a while.
1: Currently holding at one dollar and twenty cents a share.
3: Yeah. Now I got out of some of it uh back in January, uh at the behest of uh Zim Zimmerman. <laughs> and he said, get out, get out, get out. And I, I did get out, not all the way out, but
1: uh oh, I got do, out. do you remember how many shares you had?
3: Oh, I think I had about sixty.
1: Okay.
3: And uh I, I without having I don't have access to that computer, which means I need I need to I need to put that account back on his, his new computer <laughs> i built i need to do that but um i got out and i'm like okay well you, you, you you're right um i'll tell you guys this i i think that pop culture stocks are fun especially when because we utilize them we think they're the best things ever but they are not <laughs> um, and i remember shortly after that wizard launched a campaign through i forget the name of the company but they were looking for $500 investments and stop, And you would get all these special little perks like an owner's gate that you'd be able to go through. And you get discounted tickets and all of this other stuff. And I'm like, well, but none of that was available to me. None of those perks were available to me because I was, you know, an old uh, customer. You know, I, I, I hate to use the word customer, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, I feel like a customer. I get treated very poorly. I want to see the manager? And I've made the joke before that I'm afraid that I'm going to wake up one day and own the company. Um, <laughs> You'll be the uh,
1: last sole stockholder.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to wake up one day. My phone's going to be ringing. I own what? <laughs> Which would you be cool? okay you be kind of cool. But I do like Wizard. I mean, man, I've been. Uh, I was gonna I, because of Sony giving me that false hope that I could do this. Um, I remember uh, I was gonna go uh, invest in Marvel. And uh could not because uh Marvel had went missing off the stock market for me. I couldn't find it. it was MVL at one point. Could not find it. And uh, then in, uh, then Disney bought them. And I'm like, man, if I would have went in like a year earlier, a year earlier on Marvel, I'd have been a happy man. But, yeah.
1: Well, now uh, you can own Marvel if you own a little bit of Disney. <laughs>
3: a little bit of Disney is a lot of money. <laughs>
1: Well, that's the one of the things that we really like about things like Weeble and uh, Robin Hood mm-hmm. is it involves fractional investing. Yeah, so one of the things that I've done, and I think the closest to a pop culture company, well, I got two stocks that are really pop culture, and that's Nvidia and AMC theaters. Mm-hmm. I love going to the movies. Yeah, it's one of those things that I just cherish. I loved it ever since I was a kid. So the fact that I can call myself an investor, and AMC theaters, I just get a kick out of that. Yeah. Uh, the stock was as high as like $7 recently. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we have the thing that should not be Scare Part 2, of the Armageddon, mm-hmm. it's uh, mm-hmm. gone down again, but they're going to start <laughs> reopening in July 30th. Really looking forward to it. I'm going to definitely be there. I definitely want to see Tenant. I think that movie looks great. And uh, well, maybe the three of us can all go together and hang out at AMC. Six feet apart. Six feet apart. You know, and it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, how it goes. But, uh, you know, that's that's me buying um, a company that is more of a vanity purchase because I love
0: yeah.
1: going to the movies. I grew up a poor fat kid in the middle of Missouri on a farm. So going to the movies was the equivalent of some city slicker kid going to Six Flags or Disney World. You know, that was my big highlight thing that I could do.
0: <laughs> uh, so
1: and I still feel that excitement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's the only place that takes me out of. This wretched lifestyle, this wretched world <laughs> puts me someplace else for a short time, and I feel like I've had a genuine mental break.
3: Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I, I posted a picture today on my Facebook of the hallway, of like going down toward, um, like, you know, going down the hall, the aisle where they, you know, the theaters are all, you know, you got your theater doors, five, four, three. And uh, I was like, you know, you feel a little bit of a rush when you see that, like, oh man, I, and I, like, I miss that. Um, I have a question for you guys though. Sure. Well with a stock like Wizard and you see it. Um and I mean and everyone here at some point has been involved in comic books. Uh, Wizard Entertainment, for those who don't know, uh, they do pop culture conventions. They used to have a magazine. Um they no longer do the magazine, but they you know, at one point they were, I think it's fair to say, um the like the TMZ of comic books, basically.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, back when they had the magazine out and yeah, yeah.
3: They 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 covered the industry, they were like where you went for industry news. Um, there were a couple others like Hero Magazine and a couple others, but Wizard was like the tops, and they had conventions. Now they just have the conventions and they've cut back, they went back from 25 shows to 16. Now they ended down to like six or seven shows a year. But um, when you see a stock like this. What do you think is the biggest contributor to it dropping? And do you think the current situation is uh, having an effect on that? Because it really hasn't moved.
1: Well, certainly the con- the current situation is definitely having an effect on the fact that there's no hope. There's no consumer confidence in comic book conventions being a thing. You know, right now, all of the industry is trying to feel its way into what it's gonna do. There's all these virtual online shows. Wizards been really trying hard with their uh, online virtual experiences. They also offer a online storefront uh, that anybody can get into by emailing them because they're looking for content. This is something I've thought about just as an extra possible source of income. Mm -hmm. But I think overall company wise, they've always kind of struggled to find their voice. And unfortunately they've been receiving a lot of bad press They've always been like the butt end of jokes for people who are very cynical in this industry, and uh, it hasn't served them well as on a PR level. Uh, so I, I think if if we ever get to a point where we can do conventions again, I think they're probably in the best position to make a go of it again because mm-hmm. they seem to have no problem coming up with the funding. Um, mm-hmm. They've got plenty of, and uh, they've had plenty of investment opportunities. They're just, I think they just haven't quite found their voice yet.
3: <laughs> I get quarterly reports, and I gotta tell you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some days I mean, you guys ever catch me with an attitude? Just ask me to the wizard report and come out, and my like, yeah, it came out <laughs> exactly. What's it, what's well, it to you?
2: <laughs> and wizard, uh, they I don't think they really own anything they could sell, like the company uh became insolvent and had to sell off things they owned to, to take care of debt. They they don't really own anything other than the wizard name. Um yeah,
1: it's basically a brand. Exactly. And that's, that's they, pretty much all they have going.
3: They yeah. heavily invested into con TV, which I'm not sure if that's a publicly traded company or not, but I, I remember that their like association with con TV was the phrasing used was Wizard is heavily invested into con TV. Hmm. And I know there are, there are some convention exclusive uh videos with people that we know uh on con t v and it's it's a streaming service it's much like uh it's not as good as but it's much like uh indie Vault, uh t v uh <laughs> uh but they've got you know they got movies and they got monk they got um anime they got um a bunch of different things but it it is a um uh, i know they had invested heavily in, in it and um i also i'm a con t v subscriber um but yeah i know they were again they were heavily involved with wizard at one point uh Drico has told me to get out of a uh, wizard as soon as possible too as well
0: yeah
2: it might um, be a good time now like when uh, uh a couple weeks ago when i sent on my fidelity um account that i never use uh, <laughs> uh i i set it up because on Robinhood they didn't have any wizard stock and mm-hmm. wizard was like 58 cents a share. And I'm like, well, wow, man, for 50 bucks, I could own most of the company. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so to, I, to, to answer,
1: uh, oh, sorry, man, uh, go ahead and finish up.
2: Oh, uh, so I don't know. I mean, if I would have bought it at 58, it's at a, a buck 20. Now I uh, yeah. could have doubled my money on it. So it's been
1: down to
3: 10 cent before.
2: Whoa, really? Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: I'm keeping an eye out for that.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, so to answer Varian's question, yeah, they are a publicly traded company, but not as Con TV. Okay. Their parent company is. So if you look at the parent company, so I looked up Con TV. Parent company is Cinedigm oh, Sin, Sin, yeah, yeah. Corp. Mm-hmm. And that is a Chinese company that is currently on the NASDAQ CIDM trading for $1.81 a share. And that you're looking at a fifty point five five percent down today. Um so yeah, there's a there's a chart for it. But the, look the look at the six six month oh. trend, we're at 40 cents for a long time. We spike, so it's it's actually been going up 274 yeah. was its high. Um, so yeah, you could invest in the parent company of con TV if you wanted to.
3: Um the
1: company was founded
3: by a guy named Bud Mayo. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, Bud Mayo.
3: <laughs>
1: um Ooh, people so you, also search for genius brands. I doubt it.
3: <laughs> so what do you guys do when you see a stock painting? I mean, like, uh we well, we know what we know what TJ does.
2: Yeah, I double down. I say, yeah, I'll take more genius
0: brands. <laughs> <for him." laughs> <laughs>
1: Just on that one, though. The others, he panic sells. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> For me, it's, it's 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 depends on. And now I got a good story to bring in my kind of um, thing that I really wanted to share story wise today. Uh, I look at, I try to do my due diligence, DD. Try to do um, research on the company. If it's a company like Nvidia, Netflix, Apple, you know something that's been around a while, something that's not going to go away. Then when it's down, I don't worry about it. That's an opportunity to buy more. Exactly. Some of these date stocks and my biggest date stock that I've pretty much married to now, it was kind of a shotgun wedding based on last week's performance, (laughs) but uh, Ideanomics, I-D-E-X. This is a stock that uh, I found this wonderful trader on Twitter called, uh, named Yates Investing. He's just a regular blue collar guy. I'm working on trying to get him as an interviewee for the show. But there's a whole group around him. Others are called others like Stan the Trading Man. Uh, there's a there's a penny 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 stock hustler or something like that. Um, and these are all other, a group of Twitter users who share their uh, research that they do into stocks. Most of them look for these low-end penny stocks, and a penny stock can have high volatility. So these big-time investors like these guys, they're sinking thousands of dollars into a 30-cent stock that on their based on their research is they're looking for a pop and so something like ideonomics when it was first mentioned in this group it was like 60 cents a share i didn't get involved i didn't, I didn't find yates and the other guys until there was about a dollar 16 a share and i watched i bought four shares at a dollar 16 and then i kind of watched and i looked back on some of the other plays that these guys have been putting out and I kind of came to the conclusion that these guys seem legit. It doesn't look like they're fake pumping anything just to try to get the price up. They're actually doing research and making um, and, and reaching out to these companies and actually learning more about these companies. So it's a good way to mine uh, information when you don't want to sit there and just do all of it yourself, but you're finding other people. And you just kind of slowly learn who's more trustworthy. So with Ideanomics, that was kind of my test stock too see if this would work. And it really did really well initially. It went up to almost $4 a share at one time. Uh, Let me bring up the stock ticker right now. Uh, And again, that's I-D-E-X if you're uh, listening to the broadcast. And what Ideanomics does, now they've had a little bit of a rough history because I've learned more about the company, especially since this big controversy happened last week that helped tank the stock. Mm. Uh, Well, not really tank, but it really dropped. Uh, So basically, Ideanomics kind of started out as a company that has multiple things that it does. And they really, for the first few years in the company, they didn't really have a focus. When they brought in CEO Alf Poor, they have a focus. The focus is electronic vehicles. One of the major investors in this company is Shane, Shane O'Mac, Shane McMahon, Mm. the McMahon family. That's cool. So that's another one of the reasons because I'm a big wrestling buff. If you know my artwork, you know I'm into wrestling. That's another reason. What the McMahon family—they don't really do losing propositions, exactly. and they're they're um, they're monsters of business. Basically, they will step on things to grow their business, and it's just <laughs> you know you kind of you, you get that if you if you watch the WWE brand uh, that, that you know they're really good at what they do. So I I'm, I'm betting on Shane O'Mac to be, you know, not picking a loser. I forget the other gentleman's name. Um, he's an American with, uh, of Chinese descent, but he's an American. Uh, and uh, so Alf Poor, he's kind of this uh, cleanup hitter. Uh, he is on, this is his ninth startup company. He's come in and he's turned the companies around and made them winners. Uh, and so he's focused this on EV, electric vehicles they have a three three front attack. And one of the things that people try to dog on ideanomics for is that they're just a middleman. Uh, this is a company based out of New York. They have offices in China. They have offices, I believe in the Philippines as well. And uh, offices of course here in the States and some other, other areas. But they're, they're trying to focus on selling electronic vehicles for other producers like Tesla, uh, Nikola's might be a future partner other companies that offer electric vehicles, and they focus on fleet vehicles too, getting getting fleets for whoever. So they're they're a sales force. They also have uh, energy, so they have this whole um, trying to make um, battery power affordable and accessible uh, to manufacturers of these vehicles. And so they're they're kind of like an, a facilitator of the entire EV market, right? Uh, there's a lot of big things that are supposedly on the horizon. But what happened was you had a couple of companies. Heidelberg was one of them, and there was another one. I don't remember. Um, but at any rate, uh, the, uh, they did come out with uh, some uh, responses to this. Uh, and and uh, I'll kind of give you an idea. So uh, Hindenburg, not Heidelberg, I'm sorry. Hindenburg Research and J Capital Published negative reports under the banner of under the guise of research. Now, this is coming from Ideonomics Investor um, newsletter basically because they're answering these charges. Um, and they claim that these are self published, self interest research that contain certain inaccuracies and misstatements, which Ideonomics refutes based on the facts. And they're trying to short sell, make short selling campaigns to pressure the share price so they can have a maximum benefit. So these are companies that buy up a bunch of shares that short them. And if you're shorting, TJ, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're shorting, you're betting the company is going to tank that the share price is gonna go down. So you're kind of betting that it's gonna hit a certain price, which would allow you to sell and make money on the failure of the company. Is that, is that am I right? Yeah. yeah, as far as I understand it, you're correct. Okay. So there was already a self-interest of these two companies to make this company tank, and its stock to drop, and so then they started publishing reports and these concluded images that showed a possible showroom that had 2018 banners on them. They are trying to say they had a fake showroom, and uh, Alf Poor, Alfred Poor, the CEO, he uh, he answered these things by showing pictures of the actual thing at night with a with a light lit up um showing you know they they're coming out showing um purchases orders that are coming in for ev vehicles so for a little while the idx stock went down to $1, about a dollar 35 a share and now it's back up to 205 and i kept doubling down every time i saw there was a downturn i bought into the stock so i think my overall you know i'm sitting at around 200 shares of ideonomics i'm the most heavily invested in this company and I'm betting on it as a long-term investment because I'm thinking electronic vehicles are the future. I know Nicola is working on EV vehicles as well as fuel cell, which are hydrogen-powered vehicles, uh, which is also exciting because they produce the way they produce wastewater basically, because uh, you're splitting hydrogen, taking the energy, and water is the the waste is water. Um, So they're perfecting the work on that technology, but they haven't sold anything yet. So their stock is still speculative. Tesla's been doing gangbusters, and I think they're going to be offering more and more. We're seeing a lot more investment in electronic vehicles, self-driving cars. Uh, Amazon, who is a huge, huge company, global company now, they just bought a smaller company that just does autonomous vehicles. And Elon Musk tweeted out, copycat or you know something like that we're claiming that jeff bezos is copying off of him so we're we're on the forefront of a new generation in the automotive industry and know and overall energy with uh, autonomous driving electronic vehicles and the such so it's a great ground floor so i'm in this for the long haul betting this is going to be a 10 to 30 stock within a few years and so i look for dips i buy the dips and i'm just you know Again, you're hoping that this company is around for a while. Yeah. But what I've seen <laughs> and what I've read from the investor relations and what I've seen from the CEO on Twitter, you know, he did an interview with Yates Investing and in the Trading Man. And was you know this is like investor relations 101 with actual investors, not like a board meeting and here's the PDF that we've produced. No, he's like doing a live, taking questions with people like me who are just sort of invested in the company a little bit along with heavy hitters. And we're just trying to figure out if this is a long-term investment. And he's been very forthcoming. It's been very refreshing. So that's kind of my story. I rode this. There was a moment I was about ready to panic sell. But I just went and I found some extra money in savings, another 50 bucks And I bought on the lowest point that I thought it was going to be for that day. And I bought a little bit more. I have some in my Webull account. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of my story for because we're sharing our stories of investing. Um, I'm still down overall, but it's trending upward, and I'm happy to see that.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. I should I should have mentioned that uh, that GM stock that I once sold in General Motors, that was before they went bankrupt. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I I got, a, uh, I got a check in the mail, and it was like pennies. It's so like, here you go. Let's...
1: What's left? (laughs) We declared bankruptcy, so here's what's left. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. it was
1: probably under $5. Okay.
3: I was sad.
1: sad. Yeah, Yeah, and bankruptcy is complicated, but with corporate bankruptcy, they try to do everything to save the company and restructure the company. So they'll cash out to shareholders. They'll issue new stock. Sometimes they'll do a reverse split where I had owned stock in, uh, I forget what it was but I only own fractional shares and mm. it just disappeared one day because they had made a reverse split. So if you owned, like say one share, no, if you own 20 shares, now you own one share. Mm. Um, and it's, it's a way of restructuring to make the stock more valuable. And, you know, I just, you know, my stock just kind of disappeared and I don't know what's going to, I don't, I haven't seen anything in my account yet to tell me I've gotten the money back,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but it was another $20, here or there, so
3: I, I was told to wait until Wizard does the reverse split. So, am I hearing that's not what? That's not a good thing, or
1: I haven't heard that before. But I mean, it, I mean, it could be a good thing. It just depends on the overall strategy of the company mm. if it's going to be successful. Some companies have reverse, have split their stock the other way. The traditional way is like you turn one share into twenty shares mm. because the stock continues to grow. And then some stocks select not to do that. That's why Amazon is twenty seven hundred dollars a share <laughs> yeah. instead of two hundred dollars a share. It's because they've never split the stock. And mm-hmm. why should they? I mean, it's a choice. <laughs> that, it's a choice to make because you're you split the stock so you can offer the stock at a lower price to incentivize incentivize more people buying. There's really no reason to do this right now because the Fed is the one doing all all the buying, and uh, they're going to pay whatever. Yeah. Just, it's unlimited. They're saying there's no ceiling to this thing so
2: they're printing their own money right now
1: (laughs) yeah they're they're printing they're printing monopoly money to buy stuff to say that it has value so that we all trust it has value so we have this zombie fictional market that we're all trying to make money off of right now exactly and you know i I really want to stress that the stock market is not running on fundamental economics it's not running on any economics it's running on Keynesian debt only debt borrowing, debt issuing, it's all just IOUs basically being circulated around and we all think we own something. This is why I stress people, while we are agreeing that the dollar is a cur- is currency that has value, use those dollars and buy gold, buy silver, buy something that's gonna be worth something when all of that goes away. Because in the history of governments, currency, this has never worked. It didn't work in 2008, and the bubble that we're creating right now makes 2008 look like a bull market. You know, uh, We're looking at a, at a potential serious crash if they stop pumping the market. They can't stop pumping the market. So I think what they're trying to do is to keep the market artificially afloat until the real economy, the main street economy, as they call it, is able to resurface but for various reasons, including politics and whatnot, we're keep getting tapped down, whether that's COVID, whether it's civil unrest or whatever it is, businesses keep getting held down. So the true economy can't excel. We're not in control of this. We're just trying to make a little bit of money off the, t- off the side of it. And I want to recommend, I get nothing for this, but I want to recommend Glint. If you go to glintpay.com and there'll be a link in the description. I just put my first batch of money into buying gold this way. What it allows you to do is you transfer money off of your debit card or your bank to your Glint account in U.S. dollars. Then you can use those U.S. dollars to buy physical gold held in an actual bank vault that's not tied to any government. This is a private bank vault. Actual gold, which you can then request to have them send you the gold if you want but you get a debit card, a MasterCard credit card that you can then spend that gold. Mm. So worst case scenario, and this is, again, I'm not being, um, I'm not purposely being hyperbolic or hyperbole, but worst case scenario with this, let's say the dollar completely collapses. It's worth nothing. This is Weimar Republic 2.0. You need $1,000 to buy a loaf of bread all of a sudden. The money that you've saved now according to them. Now this is them saying this, no matter what happens to whatever currency you're in, if you've bought in gold with them, it's still there. And then as long as you can use this credit card, you can spend that gold and feed your family. So I would encourage this is incremental. You can buy fraction gold. I just bought like four or five grams. That's all I could afford to move from one savings account into this. Um, and, um, you can buy it fractionally. You can buy it $10 at a time, whatever it is. You're still saving real money. That will still be money. Even if our current currency and governments become piles of ash, we'll still all kind of agree that gold and silver is money because exactly. it always has been.
2: And it's kind of like bringing back the gold standard. Um, yeah, I mean, for yourself, you know, since the, the government got rid of the gold standard, it's kind of a way to kind of bring that back and have that security of, uh, you know, knowing that uh, your money is kind of banked by mm-hmm. gold or backed by gold instead of a Federal Reserve note that they're just printing out randomly now.
1: Yeah, and this is unique <laughs> in the way because you're actually spending gold. Like, you can hold money mm-hmm. two ways in this account. You can hold U.S. dollars, which you use to buy the gold, and then you can hold the gold. So I'm just using this to... I'm not going to keep any U.S. dollars in there. I'm just moving U.S. dollars in to buy gold with... and when you use the card, you're spending the gold that you have in this account. So it's a really kind of a neat, you know, 21st century way of spending actual money, not currency. Um, So again, the link will be in the description. I encourage anybody who wants to save money for the future, you know, put $10 a month away at a time. It's a bit of a pain in the butt because I had to call my bank and say, this is not fraud. Please allow this transaction to occur. And I get the same thing if I'm buying cryptocurrency. I have to tell the bank, hey, look, no I'm this is me. I'm doing this, you know, because they don't want you to do this with your money. They want to keep your money there because when you give the bank money, you're loaning them your assets that they can then borrow out to whatever, and they're not guaranteed to keep it. They don't have to keep any currency in the safe at all. All They don't have to keep any gold in the safe at all. So if there was a run on the banks like we've been down this road before, you're, you know the ATM can be dry so keep, I, I, keep some cash on hand, buy some gold and silver so that you can survive worst case scenario that's all I'm saying.
3: I learned uh, well I didn't learn but I was reminded last night <laughs> that the uh, Federal Reserve sounds like a government-owned uh, uh, bank <laughs> but it is not <laughs> it is not and um, tampering you know, with tampering with those rules, and um, tapping with who owns the Federal Reserve and how the money is produced and distributed is how, uh, if you're a president, is how you get um, compromised to a permanent end. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I, I, the whole documentary on think, is on I was, like, it's Amazon about it. I'm like, wow. Okay. So don't mess with the Federal Reserve. I do yeah, have a question. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, you know, and, and the reason why shows like this are so important, and, and shows like uh, Broke Money Hustle, and um, even you know Robinhood, because you said they they actually give you uh, links, you know, so you can ask, you know, click. Why is this happening to me? Yep, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you can find out because, like, uh, looking at Yahoo, like so many sites, just they they assume that you're already an expert when you sign up. Um, I'm not gonna say the names of some of the sites that the stock sites that have you sign up, but they kind of okay. We got your money. You're you're trading stock later. And yeah, because you're essentially get...
1: using the same tools that a professional investor would be using.
3: Right. Like my right.
1: TD Ameritrade is that way. It's confusing as all get out.
3: Yeah. So they don't really, you know, it, it's confusing. There's no. There's very little documentation, and what documentation is there is, um, it's pretty um.
1: It's really dry and technical.
3: Yeah, yeah. So if you're like a newbie who just wants to maybe come in and get some extra Christmas money, you're going to be like, uh, you'll be really discouraged to get involved. Um, So like even looking at Yahoo here, I noticed with my wizard stock on February 27, 2020, it says there's a 120 stock split. Uh, I can share that page if you want. Yeah,
1: sure. We Go ahead and bring it up.
3: And so, like, again, I have no idea what that means. Um, But yeah, February 27, 2020. Oops, it's going to try to make it blue. February 27, 2020, it was a 120 stock split. So I wonder, was that the reverse split? And I didn't know about it. No one told me.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, so for every every 20 shares you owned, you now own one. Yeah. And that's a way for them taking their 10 cent shares and making them a dollar. (laughs)
3: Okay. Yeah. Basically So, th- then that would make sense then. So, I, but so, how many times can they do that? Do you know, Eric? How many? Like, how many? Times I
1: honestly, they- I honestly don't know. But I know for these types of things, they have to get approval mm-hmm. from the Federal Trade Commission before they do anything. I mean, you got to get approval from the from the Federal Trade Commission before you can list, and then you have to get accepted by the by you know these different indexes, the Nasdaq or the uh, uh, S and P five hundred or whatever. Um, index that you're getting listed on. They have to do yeah. a vetting process with your company. Exactly. So there's a lot of steps involved in order to get this. Yeah. If you want to look at it a simplistic way, you've got central central bankers and business people colluding with each other to kind of keep the ball floating. Yeah, exactly. uh, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, the Federal Reserve is not federal and it's not a reserve. Yeah. They have absolutely no assets. Basically, what they do is they just issue debt. They say, here's an IOU. They give it to the treasury. Treasury says, "Oh, thank you. Now here's your IOU. It gives you the permission to print as much currency as you want." And they just do this bond swap back and forth whenever they need to pump the economy up artificially.
3: I remember and you mentioned wrestling too, and I was going to mention this back in the '90s, before I graduated high school. Uh, before I think WWE was WWE was just getting ready to; they were considering going public, and <laughs> I remember there was talk about actually trying to make each wrestler their own individual company.
0: Hmm.
3: There was actually talk about that. And you'd be able to buy stock in the individual, individual like, wrestler. And it was an idea that Never I right-
1: own you, John Cena. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It was an idea that never really went. I could imagine how it worked with Booker T. Oh my god.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been so much. <laughs> but um I remember that it never really went past the uh like dirt sheet stages. But I remember being really interested in how that was gonna work because they were like, Well, Vince owns the names, he could do this, and it's like, so you're gonna have Stone Cold, Steve Austin, LLC, and but you can't, well, you know, incorporate it. Right, it would have yeah. been, I mean, it had that many, but anyway, uh, it just would have been really odd to see that uh, you actually investing in a person in a scripted environment. Um,
1: well, let's say it'd be like investing in individual brands. Mm-hmm, like yeah. if you look at somebody like Coca Cola that uh, TJ's heavily invested in, that mm-hmm, yeah. uh, gives out a pretty good dividend, I hear. They have Dasani Water. They've got. Uh, uh, what Vitamin are some of the water. other brand what are some of the other brands? Vitamin are? water. Vitamin water, yep. Yeah. Um so basically you'd be investing in just that brand mm-hmm. that the company has. And if that brand is excelling, that's the only place you'd see any gain, I guess. Yeah.
3: And imagine we'd let give us something else to argue about. Hey hey man, how, <laughs> man how's your Brock Lesnar doing? Oh, man. <laughs> down, down.
1: He, he's down because he only wants to come out on pay per views. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, yeah, it's real down right now, man. How's that? How's that, John Morrison? Well, no, that but, but think
1: how that. I think that how that would affect the company, and we keep the wrestling thing going. You know, you have Becky Lynch. She's retired, semi-retired right now because she's starting a family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if everybody just kept pumping up the Becky Lynch stock, you know, <laughs> it'd be like, you have to be on. You have to be on. You know, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's like you you can't start with they would they
1: contractually require the talent to have a certain amount of airtime based on their performance of their stock? It brings up a lot of <laughs> morale moral questions I think, yeah
2: right? if if they win uh WrestleMania, then would their stock go up? and if they lose, then it would go down.
3: And since it's scripted, would Vince be artificially manufactured?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, <exactly. laughs> yeah. Be a, it would be a manipulative market, like uh well, like the markets are anyway.
3: <laughs> it'd be worse. It just, I don't know. So worse. Uh, be, so it'd be interesting though. It'd be interesting. Um I, I, I guess like, again what I like about the show that you guys do here is I, I can come up with any question, no matter how stupid, because you know, I again I got in because GM gave me free and I'm like, well, this stock market thing seems like I should be involved. So here, Sony takes some money. You know, here, you know, a, a wizard takes some money. Again, I couldn't get into Marvel, but um, I didn't realize until recently, very recently, that Converse had bought Nike. Really? I yeah. Either.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah I back, in, that. back in 2003. That's how quiet they kept it. They kept wow. it quiet for very. Yeah. Converse actually is owned by Nike. So. Uh, you know, I got Chucks. I got a lot of, pairs of <laughs> yeah. um, you know, my, my, you guys might want to invest in Nike. Are there any stocks? Um, would you, would you got what companies though? And I'm sorry, if I'm doing your show. I'm sorry. No,
1: you're fine. This is great info.
3: Is, is there any companies that you guys wish would go public? And, and do you suggest being there on the first day a company goes public or watching and waiting and seeing what happens?
1: I would look. I would look at it as a two-fold approach. Mm-hmm. Companies typically go public because they've reached a point where they can't grow, and they need to raise capital. This is the main reason why a company goes public is it needs capital. Mm-hmm. So typically, when a company starts out, you might have principal investors. It could be the people who are involved in the company are putting up their own money, or you have an angel investor, or like some of the participants on Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Some of those guys become investors and they own a certain percentage of the company as privately owned.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, when you reach a certain point, you can't earn any more money. So you're, you get approval to issue stock. Uh, I think on, on, based on where your company financials are, you're allowed, they, they, they'll tell you how much stock you can issue mm-hmm. and they'll kind of set the price. And this is working with the, you know, the stock market, the FDIC and all this. Mm-hmm. You, know, you get, you get all your legal ducks in a row and you find out what you can offer at. Mm-hmm. Then you make your initial public offering to sell the stock. And that's how you raise the capital. That's one the major way you raise capital. I think of companies that I kind of wish were public. Um, I can't really name any off the top of my head because most of what most of what I kind of consume right now is already public.
3: Yeah. The reason, the, the reason I asked is because I was talking to another uh, publisher today, uh, publisher of comic books, and we were talking. We actually were talking about uh, like trying to you know expand and and, and you know being. Part of the industry, and he said, you know, man, uh, some of these companies are making a lot of money. And he was wondering about, you know, if any of the crowd sharing platforms were public. And I told him, I don't think so. And
1: no, they're they're both private. private. And Um, I
3: I I had brought up Indiegogo here. I'm sharing the screen by it being private. Um, and there's like, but you know, there are companies that do valuations, (laughs) you know, how much it would possibly be worth in the future, but um, Again, I mean, like, you know, would would that be something you would get involved in? Would you, if Indiegogo were to say, hey, we're going to be, we're going to go public, would you get involved in that at all? Or
1: I think so. I think it's been, I think crowdfunding has been around long enough that it has a public conception. Mm-hmm. So it, it could be something that's trustworthy. At least the public would think so. So I think there'd be a demand for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to need to see. Cause there's a lot of others other than Indiegogo and Kickstarter that don't get a lot, they don't get any of the press, but yeah. as far as, um, cause you couldn't make the platform public, but you could make the individual. So like Facebook would be a good example of, you know, they're a platform, do a specific thing. They decided to go public. Now they have all these other, you know, they're, now they're a public company. So mm-hmm. it's definitely doable. And I think, based on their track record so far, I think it's a good model to invest in. So I think, yeah, I probably would buy the IPO of either one of the big two at least if they went public.
3: And then and and uh, Traco, we 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 know know TJ doesn't um, doesn't doesn't do his due diligence. He just you know, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Yeah. panic
1: buy, panic sell.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. What do you call it? If uh, Hearst Media went public, I'd buy a lot of their stock. They, uh, they're they managed really well, um, and they have, like, cash reserves and everything. They Their their balance, is, uh, balance sheet and everything is just really good. Uh, so Hearst Media I'd buy in a heartbeat. Uh, I don't even know if it would be, like, another company. I don't even know if it would be... Uh, uh, Worth it would be like Harbor Freight, just because I mm-hmm. love Harbor Freight. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I don't know. I think that stock would probably do uh, do fairly well. I, you know? I'll tell
3: you, I'll tell you guys this. Um, I know you guys are probably getting ready to wrap up, but uh, if if either of you have stock in Good Times Restaurant, might be time to sell. <laughs> uh, this morning, it. I'll share my screen. No. <laughs> um, this morning. Uh, and I have not paying attention to stop, but uh, just, and it helps because you guys do this show. So I, I like to know what you guys are talking about. You see, this morning at 10 o'clock, <laughs> had a sharp decline. If you guys can see that on my screen.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Major dive. Yeah, yeah, it,
3: it went up and then it started going back down again it's on lay down. That's what happens. So uh, that, that would have me- been a
2: good day trade, though, if uh, you could would- get in right around ten o'clock.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they they, you know, when you when you announce you're changing your mascot after several years, sometimes things happen. Oh, <laughs> that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say.
1: I do. I do have something. I would. I wish there was a better. Uh, it was easier to invest in anime and manga. Hmm. Um, there's not a lot, at least so far from my research. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of companies that are listed on uh, at least the New York Stock Exchange. Like uh, Tohi Animation mm-hmm. is one that is on, you know, this is on the Japanese Stock Exchange, it's not on the American one. Yeah. There's a couple of Chinese companies, uh, Billaby B- B- Entertainment, I think, that are kind of in that you can buy them on the Stock Exchange, but they're also investing in uh, companies that produce anime in Japan. So.
3: Can you invest in some of the streaming services like Foundation or a uh, Crunchyroll? Well,
1: Crunchyroll is all, is part of Time Warner Media. Oh, okay. All right. So, and, and that's another thing because we love Crunchyroll here at the house. But Crunchyroll is kind of up in the air because yeah. since it's owned by Time Warner Media, they're starting to pull some of the programming into the HBO Max app. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of speculation that eventually Crunchyroll is going to disappear. It's just going to be a part of HBO Max. You're right. Um, Funimation is a pretty poorly run company right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they were public, I probably wouldn't buy them. I mm-hmm. mean, it would be a vanity purchase, but I expect it to, to you know kind of be a, a loser as far as uh, an investment goes. Yeah,
3: there's Studio Ghibli stuff on HBO Max right now. So. Yeah, and that's
1: a treat. Yeah. Uh, which, which is an interesting thing about contracts and licensing because in all other countries in the world, Studio Ghibli is on Netflix but mm. HBO Max has the licensing for the North American audience. <laughs> so it's not on <laughs> Netflix there. It's on HBO Max here. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, a great it. cra- crazy world that we live in, but, but anyway, yeah, because yeah, I've been, I've been hoping to maybe with the weeble, I'm not sure, but other platforms to allow me to invest in some of these other foreign markets. Cause I would, you know, I would buy Toei animation. Mm. I'd buy uh, Bandai Namco holdings, um, if that was available to me, but I don't think that that's um, on the stock market that we have.
3: And, um, as frequent travelers, too, uh, have you guys thought about investing in any of the ride share companies, Uber, Lyft?
1: Yeah, I've thought about it, but they're not getting in are they're, 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 They were very negatively impacted by the thing that should not be
0: not mentioned. <laughs> <Yeah. right. laughs>
1: yeah. And I, right. I know you, you personally, you haven't been able to get rides because yeah. people don't want to drive. Yeah. You know, and, and and go die from the thing that should not be because they don't want to drive.
3: Yeah, and then, and then especially when they can stay at home and get paid because have yeah. unemployment on that. So yeah, we'll
1: see how the economy is once the free unemployment runs out.
2: Yeah, that's why I'm I'm uh, not buying stocks right now because I think when that runs out, we're gonna see a huge dip like around the end of March, like how everything yeah. had that huge dip, and uh, I'll probably be able to pick up stocks for. You know thirty hundred you know, I'm, I'm thinking off.
1: sometime in July here we're gonna start seeing uh, mortgages that aren't being paid, credit card yeah. bills that aren't being paid. And we're gonna start seeing defaults. So real estate's gonna get hit probably the hardest because you're gonna see companies in like restaurants, mom and pop shops that you know weren't essential that aren't coming back. Jobs exactly. that aren't coming back. yeah uh, and the people that work there they can't pay their rent. So we're gonna start seeing that fallout. So I look for that being a major dip here near the end of summer.
2: That's when I want to get into uh property rentals. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it'll be big, yeah. it'll be a great time to buy. You know, we'll see another boom in the foreclosure market. Yeah. Which that's an interesting thing because you can if you if you play your cards right, if you do your research, if you learn like we're trying to learn and educate ourselves,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can make money in the bad times and you can make money in the good times. So that's you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You want to be smart about your money, and if we're able to, you know, you know, if we're speaking just for myself, if I'm able to profit even in the bad times, that gives me more asset capital to where maybe I can lift somebody up and hire somebody to make my comics for me. Exactly. Uh, you know, so the economy is cyclical. It goes up, it goes down. It, you know, the waves come up and down. Um, and you just got to ride it properly. That's all. Yeah. All right. I think we've had a pretty good show. Uh, remember that we are not professionals of any sort of any kind. Uh, don't take our advice. Please consult a licensed tax professional or a licensed financial advisor. Um, we didn't have, we, you know, we think our guest Varian, who is a serial entrepreneur um yeah we, we didn't even
2: and uh get into his businesses or anything like his side hustles yeah, so but we're, we're, on we're,
1: yeah we'll definitely talk more about that because you know the business of running a super huge uh online radio station i mean we definitely gotta have you talk back to talk about that because there's a lot to it and uh we're excited to be part of indie vault uh, part of the content that you get on the indie vault network on the roku channel uh, we're happy also with our partnership with uh, being on Spotify, being on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Uh, please subscribe. You can catch us live on Facebook, on uh, YouTube. Uh, look for Broke Money Hustle there. You can tweet us at Broke Money. You can check out the Instagram where we like to post uh, fun definitions of different uh, terminology in the world, uh, and that is Broke Money Hustle on Instagram. Uh, TJ, you have anything else for us before we check out?
2: No, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully today's a good indicator of how things will be the rest of the week. And, uh, you know, our stocks will kind of keep on going up there. And um, in the meantime, uh, um, I would say buying the dip, but everything keeps dipping. So (laughs) I'm just (laughs) holding on until I see see it bottom out and then, uh, then I'll start buying some more.
1: Yep. All right. That's great advice. All right, and uh, thank you, and uh, we will see you on the next broadcast. This has been Broke Money Hustle. This is Broke Money Hustle.
0: And now here's Broke Money Hustle with Tricola Air.